Welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a coach, speaker, and advisor dedicated to help you transform and improve not just your business, but your life. And today, I want to talk with you about this whole idea of toxic relationships. Now, I am not in the position of telling you whether or not you need to go or you need to stay, but I do want to illuminate some things that are really signs that you're perhaps you need to change or make some modifications or ultimately, if necessary, remove yourself from this relationship or person. If you are unhappy and unsure what to do, listen to this episode. I want to give you some clarity and some ideas that will help you shift yourself into a better position. Coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. So glad that you are choosing to spend your time with me. If this is your very first time listening, I just want to let you know the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast is not designed just for introverts or for entrepreneurs. It's designed for anyone who wants to up-level their life, transform their relationships, and move into bigger and brighter spots in their work, in their career, with their family, anything they want to achieve. You can do it with the power of a positive mindset. So welcome. Make sure that you subscribe, follow whatever button that you're seeing. I know that I've got people on Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Apple podcasts, all sorts of places. So wherever you're at, make sure that you hit that follow button, subscribe button. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it lickety split. And for those of you guys who have been listening, going like, yeah, duh, I'm right here. (laughs) I'm enjoying it. Thank you so much for still staying with me. Make sure you share this podcast with somebody else. That way they can also be encouraged, motivated, inspired to be the best version of yourselves. So often I hear people saying, why don't I have the best in in terms of quality relationships and quality interaction? It's because we are not doing enough on our parts to be positive. So continuing to listen to messages like this will help you shift into expanding your world into bigger and brighter things. So the power is in your hands as to how big or how small you want the quality of relationships. And that comes to your level exposure and dedication and persistence in improving yourself. Okay. If you are interested in learning more about me, you can find me on denisegelee.com. In addition, If you would love to connect with me, I'm also available. Check out the show notes below. There's info.deniseglee.com slash connect. You can be able to connect with me there. And also make sure that if you are interested in connecting with me, make sure that you take advantage of that contact information. The information that I'm going to be sharing with you today is going to be a part of a larger course called Lifestyles of the Successful, where we talk about all other areas of your life, your family, your relationships at work, your romantic relationships, all that combined together so that you can live, breathe, and just feel successful. If you're interested in that, make sure that you send me a message and I can alert you when I'm going to be opening my next round of group coaching on that. So check that out. Now, let's talk about this whole idea now of a toxic relationship. Because honestly, I myself have had a very long and a very, (laughs) I'm laughing because I have a long track record. I got tons of receipts of being in toxic relationships. And I remember talking with my husband the other day about how I would have 
certain people tell me, my goodness, this person that I was dating or this job was toxic or I needed to change out of the situation. It was really bad, according to them. And for the life of me, I couldn't see it. If anything, I was just grateful to be in that job or to be in that relationship or be interacting with people. I'll never forget when I filed a police report against a a counselor that did liberties against me when I was in high school. And part of the situation, the fallout from the situation was that I was offered free counseling to help work through that. And I remember being in the counselor's office week after week. And I, rem- I think I was about 19 or so at the time I would drive to the, the, the mental health office and would, I talked to a counselor and the counselor would tell me repeatedly, Denise, you need to move out you need to move out from living with your father. This is a very unhealthy relationship. You need to leave. And for the longest time, I just couldn't imagine. I couldn't even fathom the idea of moving out, living from my father, because I thought, well, he's my father. He's my relative. And as I think about all the things that went down, it was completely toxic. It was completely inappropriate. There were so many boundaries that were violated. There was no form of respect. And there's a lot of emotional abuse, but I couldn't see it because in my mind, I thought that there was a only way that I could be loved was by people who said they loved me, but their behavior was completely separate from what real love, real caring is. And in a twist of irony, he was the one who ended up just leaving. He said that he accepted a job. In two months, he was going to leave. And I was to, I was to figure supposed to figure out what I was going to do. I was a college student at the time. And I remember just feeling in shock by the whole situation about how I knew I had to leave. He ended up leaving and he didn't really care what I did. And I remember talking with friends about it. He's like, well, you're, you were over 18 years adult, but you know, honestly, mentally, I was not an adult. I was not an adult. In fact, I really think that I really became into my own adulthood until my late twenties. And unfortunately for a lot of us who grew up traumatic situations chronologically we're adults but we're really not because we weren't equipped with the skills to be able to face and deal with uncomfortable unpleasant situations unequipped to be able to understand that we need to guard our own emotional and physical well-being as well as to be able to talk with other people be clear about what we expect, what we don't accept. And for a lot of us, we tolerate things that are intolerable. And when I say tolerate, meaning that you're half accepting and half rejecting the relationship. And my friend, that is what suffering is. When you're living in that gray in-between zone where you don't feel comfortable leaving, but being in the relationship is literally sucking away the joy within yourself and limiting your options. For example, when you're stuck in that state of depression and anxiety, it's hard to figure out whether or not you need to change jobs. It's hard or whether or not you did decide to expand or contract your business. It's hard to decide whether or not you need to be moving. I remember talking with a another young lady and she wanted to 
talk to me about the virtues of keeping her house that is in a crime infested area, but thought that perhaps she could make money doing Section 8 housing or basically renting her home out to people who partially their rent would be subsidized by the government. And this is the thing that happens in in the midst of their own inner confusion with their own personal life or their own issues. They can't see clearly what's right in front of you. So there's a high price to pay for the confusion and the inner turmoil and not really quite understanding what needs to be done. So I just want to explain to you, if you're in a situation you feel very confused, it is completely understandable because usually things work in pairs or trios or quad quadruplets or whatever, meaning that you may not be just facing the toxic relationship that or what you may think may be toxic right now because there's so many other things working on at the same time frame. So I just want to just alert you that it is normal to feel confused because right now there's probably so much other things that are going on with you right now. But right now what I want to do is not tell you to go or to stay, but I just want to alert you about certain things that may be a strong indicator that you're in a toxic relationship. And it may be so, so hard because the person that you're dealing with right now may be telling you that they love you, but then say negative things about you. And it's just... It's throwing you for a tailspin because you know you feel uncomfortable. You know something's off, but you can't quite pin it. So I want to help you pin it. I want to I want to label it. I want to give you the tools for what you need to be doing right now going forward, okay? First of all, you know you're in a toxic situation when the other person is dominating your resources. And let me explain what resources is. Money, sex, time. And they absolutely show no signs of appreciation or respect. I had a very painful conversation where I was listening to a client explain to me that while her husband occasionally slapped her, you know, physical abuse, and kept threatening to file divorce, she wanted to stay because she thought the sex was good. And he was very verbally abusive, constantly saying that she wasn't a good wife and he wanted her to stay at home, even though she was more or less the breadwinner of the family. And so when somebody wants all your time and they want your money and they greet you with nothing but accusations and hateful comments, that's toxic, my dear. That's absolutely toxic. And this is not just so much toxic for women per se, because I have seen situations where men are in a relationship with a toxic woman or in a same-sex relationship with a toxic man, where they more or less are fill it with so much pain and so much unresolved resentment from their own family childhood origin issues because usually in these type of situation they felt a lot of pain from one or both of their family members their mother their father whoever and they weren't be able to express that pain express that 
resentment and they find the closest target, which may be unfortunately you, and cause you to more or less foot the bill for all that unresolved pain, unresolved issues. And I just want to let you know that you, my dear, do not have to tolerate that. And usually it never starts off instantly that they are calling you a bastard or a bitch or whatever slur that they want to use or saying that you're no good. Usually it starts out really great where they're constantly telling you you're everything and they they almost instantly want to fall in love with you and have you move in or have you sign the contract and have you work with them. And then slowly they start mentioning criticism after criticism after criticism and it gets to the point where in the beginning it was a hundred percent pleasure, hundred percent praising, and then maybe five, ten percent criticism, and then you notice over time the criticism starts to dwarf all of the positive comments to the point where they're almost ninety percent of the time causing you pain by the criticism and they don't want to work with you because if you ask them any questions, they'll accuse you of causing the problems because of their own failure to communicate. And so you're left in a quandary because you remember all those wonderful good times when they were heaping all this praise in front of you. And then now it almost seems like you're a villain. You're the double incarnate by not doing everything that they've asked or not submitting to all their whims. And this is what I'm talking about when I say a toxic situation where they don't respect you, your your efforts, your relationship, or your time or any of your resources when it feels like you cannot ever pay this debt, this huge debt that honestly never came from you to begin with. This came from a whole bunch of other unresolved issues. So I just want you to be aware and understanding that for a lot of people, they carry so much shame, so much resentment, so much insecurities, and they couldn't process it with whoever it, it really came from. And they want you to foot the bill. And so that's what I want you to understand that it's usually so much deeper than that. And All I have to ask you is that if you're feeling that this is a situation that is literally causing the life force, your energy, your joy to be sucked out, if you can't, the very minimum, ask to have separation. Ask to have some form of separation so that you can be able to think objectively and ask yourself, is this relationship, is this this interaction at least 51% valuable? Because if it's not, That's a clear indicator that either you need to remove yourself, modify it so that you feel good about yourself or end it. Okay. I, but it's not me to make that call. This is something that has to come internally within yourself. And obviously if you're a client of mine, we can talk about the dynamics and what exactly is going on because sometimes I know that there's some nuance in the, the, the situation. Okay. The other sign of a toxic relationship is that this person has no respect for your boundaries. For example, I remember one situation where a client told me that their their lover would call them at all ends throughout the day, despite the fact that she had a full-time job, and then get resentful that she didn't pick up the call and she didn't return the call, despite the fact that she said, I can't accept phone calls during the day. He just wanted her on 
her, his beck and call, meaning that I need to have tabs on you all sort of times in a day, no problems whatsoever of pushback or complaining about whether or not it would actually cause problems with her employment or heck, even her own emotional sanity. And usually people who have boundary problems are usually people who have deep, deep forms of emotional insecurities and unresolved issues. And instead of owning up and being honest about what they're facing and what they're dealing with, again, they're trying to get you to more or less be their solution, to be their salvation, to be everything that they felt like they can't even be within themselves. There is something terribly wrong where if one person relies on another person for absolute safety and security, when I say safety, I'm talking about emotional safety. There's so many songs, love songs out there. I don't want to particularly name one type of song, but I think about this, this, the common refrain of I am nothing unless you're in my world. I'm nothing without you. And that's coming from a place of codependency. It's coming from a place of emptiness and brokenness. Because if some, I remember this one particular song, you light up my life. And what happens if somebody takes your light bulb and walks away? What happens? And you're going to be sitting in the dark. Or as I see so many times where people are relying on the other person to make plans, any kind of plans. Now, don't get me wrong. If you guys have a relationship where one person is more or less better at social planning and be, being literally the travel social agent of the relationship, awesome, go with it. But if you're in a situation where you literally will not, cannot feel any sense of autonomy, meaning ability to think for yourself and to do things to give yourself pleasure and delight without the input of somebody else, that's a clear sign that it's toxic where you don't know who you are unless someone validates you. Now, if you're in a relationship with someone who feels this way, who acts this way, that's a clear sign that this is toxic. Now, I've seen the situation at work and business too. So let me give another example because I know that I've been giving some romantic examples, but I also want to address some of my entrepreneurs and my my people who are career people where you've all seen it where you literally have a subordinate or someone who literally needs you to write out letter by letter every single thing that has to be done for a particular task or a particular project or assignment. And if they don't get explicit instructions, they blame you and or they just absolutely do nothing. And it almost feels as if they're sabotaging the situation, the, the project or whatever, because you didn't provide them every single detail so they could turn off their brain and be let along as if they were a helpless child. And if somebody is not willing to be an adult responsible to do what they were hired to do, there's something terribly, terribly wrong. And so it's time for you to be very clear about what you expect from your people, how they should be doing it, But if you feel as if you have to micromanage every single thing 
or they expect you to micromanage every single thing, you're going to have to ask yourself whether or not you want to have a team member or a slave. Okay? Because I don't believe any work relationship can be healthy if one person feels as if they need every single thing spelled out all the time. Now, there are going to be some times where it's a new project or it's a new initiative and you're very meticulous and when certain things done or or there's a special project or whatever, and I understand those those circumstances happen from every occasion, but as a standard practice, absolutely it shouldn't be. You should be able to have the trust and the confidence that this other person can do their job and you don't have to micromanage or they don't feel like they don't have to be micromanaged. We need to be able to give people the freedom to learn, the freedom to make mistakes, the freedom to understand that things aren't always going to be perfect no matter all of our best desires or plans, okay? Now let's talk about in our time left about this whole idea of shame. Shame is a terrible thing. And I want to differentiate between shame and guilt. Now, guilt is having remorse about things that you could have done better, right? And it's a good thing. Guilt helps us to refine our character. It helps us to improve our processes. It helps us to be able to make the necessary changes so that we can be better and do better. But this whole business about shame is completely different. This is coming from that place where you're unlovable, unworthy, and inferior, where you are a zero and everyone around you is a 10. There's a great book that was written by Thomas Harris called I'm Okay, You're Okay. It was built on the back of transactional analysis by Dr. Erica Byrne. And it's this a concept that because we don't feel good about ourselves and our worth, that we unconsciously attract people and things and situations that confirm that our inferiority, confirm that our inability, and make us feel more sad and depressed about who we are. And this is a much deeper conversation about dealing with shame. But I will just say on the over of overview is that if you're around someone who constantly wants to shame and belittle you, they're basically more often than not trying to project their own insecurities on you. Okay. I remember there was this comic strip that came, oh, this is not new, which was a very old comic strip where a dad that who felt belittled and discouraged at work came home and yelled at his wife. The wife went around and yelled at their child and the child turned around and kicked the dog. And that image is so powerful. I think about that where because we're unable to deal with the root issue, everyone gets impacted on a chain. And so when someone says you're unworthy, you're no good, you're unlovable, you can't do anything. Basically what they're doing is telling you all the feelings about them feeling unworthy, unlovable, unable to do anything good. And that can really erode first at your relationship and then at your self-esteem. And it may take years 
to repair from the damage. So I am just imploring you, if you're in a situation right now where you are basically being shamed for who you are, what you value, and I'm assuming that you are not doing anything immoral, unethical, or illegal, meaning that we don't have to call a police, a doctor, a lawyer, or maybe even a priest to interfere or intervene in what you're doing. If you're around someone who just makes you feel as if you're the scum of the earth, unless you do everything exactly the way they want it done, then baby, you got to run. Run force, run from that situation. And you don't deserve to be in a situation where someone is constantly trying to make you feel as if you have to be better, perfect, and exactly with their fascination or imagination of what perfection is. Either they need to accept you or they reject you because there's no way you can live or work in harmony with someone who constantly tries to make you feel as if you have no worth or value because my dear, you absolutely have worth, you have value, you have a place in this world and that does not include them using sarcastic, condescending language. When I say sarcastic, when you know it's being sarcastic, when they say, well, I wasn't that bothered by it and their body language screams they're being bothered by it or condescending saying, my last boyfriend or girlfriend or coworker or colleague or whatever doesn't do it that way. Or you people are all alike. You men or you women or you fill in the blank. We're not going to do that. We're going to be around people who accept us, who want to negotiate with to make necessary improvements as needed, but we're not going to have them to make us feel like a pile of crap. All right. Let's review everything that we've talked about, okay? I don't want you to surround yourself with people who make you feel like a pile of crap. And again, I'm not telling you to go. I'm not telling you to stay. I'm telling you just to be aware. And you know this signs of a toxic relationship if you're around people who want to dominate your resources, your money, your sex, your time, and they show no signs of appreciation or respect. You know you're in a toxic relationship when you're around people who have no respect for your boundaries they want to absorb all your all your time and they don't care if you have any restrictions or limitations okay and you know that you're in a toxic situation when someone deploys intense shame on you or they they cannot accept you for who you are that's some sign that there's something terribly off okay now, I'm hoping that this information has been helpful for you. If you need more help, please feel free to connect with me. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Was there a sign of you need to leave that I didn't mention? Please let me know. I want to make sure that I include that in the next broadcast. And please feel free to share this message if you felt that it was helpful. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.